Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 144 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. I'm Robert Shea. One thing, Robert, that every agency is trying to do is whatever their mission is, they are trying to speed it. They're trying to make it faster. And one of the people that is doing that at the National Science Foundation is Doug Maughan. He's a veteran of federal government, and uh, it is a pleasure to have him on the program. Doug, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Explain to me what the National Science Foundation Convergence Accelerator is and what the benefit speed-wise is that you're trying to realize. So the Convergence Accelerator was launched uh, almost two years ago, and the idea is to take the outputs of basic research that funded by the NSF and even other more broadly funded and accelerate the results towards commercialization. So traditionally NSF is known as a basic research organization and we've placed ourselves as a consumer of basic research and then we push it further down the pipeline towards commercialization and so it's also, it includes academics, it includes industry, it includes nonprofits. So it's, it's also reaching to different communities than traditionally follow NSF. For those who may not know that much about the National Science Foundation, tell us what kind of research we're talking about. I know you've got an incredibly broad portfolio, but are there specific elements of that portfolio in which the uh, Convergence Accelerator is focused? Uh, Yes, so the National Science Foundation has seven major directorates, geo, bio, engineering, computer science, um, uh, education, social and behavioral, and uh, math and physical sciences. Nice work. Thank you. You I got those seven down. So, again, our job is to take outputs from those um, directorates as well as other basic research. And so far, we've uh, launched two different cohorts. The first cohort uh, included two tracks, one on the future of work and AI. So how is artificial intelligence going to be impacting future jobs? And the other one is on what we call open knowledge networks. So if you think about things like Siri, Siri is a knowledge network. And, and the idea is how do I pull all that information in for decision-making purposes? That was our 2019 cohort. 2020, the topics are in quantum technology and uh, AI-driven model and information sharing. So they are based on scientific programs that have been previously executed at NSF and even more broadly. Your observation about Siri is interesting because I think that is the kind of the the nut of the difference between the way that scientific organizations think about something versus the way that the general population, the general public thinks about something. I think if you went and asked 100 people what Siri is, they would all say, it's a thing on my phone that does stuff when I tell it to. You might get five or 10 people out of 100 that say it's some artificial intelligence application, and nobody would phrase it the way that you did. What difference does that make the way that one looks at something as to how one thinks about it and gets it to do things? So that's what we're doing in the accelerator is 
you can use the phrase use inspired. So a lot of people think of science as just kind of this thing out in the ether that nobody ever uses. What we're trying to do is take the results of other science work and put it into use with consumers and users. And, and so it gets it to a point where it can be commercialized and that commercialization then goes to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of users. And so that's our goal from an accelerator perspective is um, scale. How do I take what is traditionally thought of as just little one or two science project and scale it up to large numbers of users? So I get AI and work. That's simple enough to get sure. my brain wrapped around even. Quantum computing, on the other hand, is, is a whole different level. I do note that GAO and others have warned for many years that our nation risks falling behind because of our lack of investment in quantum computing. And I'm really interested to learn how uh, y'all are going to help, you know, save the country. Yeah, so there are um, some great opportunities in the quantum space. Um, you know, if you, if you um, start digging deep into quantum, you, you get into things like uh, quantum networks and quantum sensors and quantum interconnects and we're funding work in all of those areas uh, additionally there's also a notion of quantum workforce and so we're also funding a couple of efforts in quantum workforce because as you just said um, we're behind we're behind the curve when it comes to the educational pipeline for the next generation of quantum related science and so it's been talked about for a long time. There has been some funded research in this area. We're trying to accelerate that and make it more um, commonplace. I'm having a hard time finding data scientists. I can't imagine how hard <laughs> it is to find quantum scientists. What is the personnel landscape like? To, to Robert's point, are the people that you're looking for out there available oh. and oh. Are, they, are they open to working for you or with you on projects like this? You know, the interesting thing about what we're doing and what we require and the word convergence. So the word convergence means multiple disciplines. So we require teams to come together on an idea that are multiple disciplines, multiple institutions and multiple types of institutions. So it can't just be a couple of faculty professors. They have to include multiple institutions and they have to include industry, nonprofits, government, government labs on their team. So we're seeing some outstanding teams coming together with their ideas from across those uh, different uh, areas, right? So it's really great to see industry working with academics because that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the academics don't know how to find people in industry and industry doesn't know how to find academics. So our requirement is bring your team, but you have to have a diverse, multiple disciplinary team with your idea. And uh, we have had great response for both of our solicitations, uh, both the 2019 and 2020. And uh, the first one, uh, we funded 43 teams. And the second one, we funded 29. And so uh, there are teams out there 
And we've got some great industry partners uh, participating as well as academic institutions. That's a fantastic story. You know, one of the things we talk a lot about, much to Francis's chagrin, is the Evidence-Based Policymaking Act. Every show which, he brings it up. Every single which, show. Uh, which actually instructs agencies to do a better job leveraging their partners in research and mm -hmm. figuring out what works. Yep. So 43 teams is enormous. I'm interested in how you market this. How do you enlist people? You know, one of the one of the fears of enlisting other partners in agencies' research is that they would have a hard time getting the message out, finding people with the narrow expertise they're looking for. Sounds like you've cracked that nut. We, you know, we're we're still a startup, but but uh, you know, we're doing things like fed heads to get the word out. But we've also done other webinars. Good luck with that. Yeah, trying to help people. So. There are a lot of people that want to work with NSF, and they are really hungry in this space of um, use-inspired research, right? People want to see their basic research become reality. Um, and so, you know, we, again, we're just trying to be um, better about advertising and awareness, um, but the topics are also um, national scale, so you do get people... Uh, from across the country. Um, it's not just the traditional West Coast, East Coast um, responses. Um, and we're also trying to broaden participation to um, some of the, you know, smaller schools and require the teams to have um, underserved populations as part of their teams. So we, we are pretty excited about the work we're doing, but again, we're, we're still new and we'll just continue to, to advertise and hopefully get more people responding. How viable or scaled does something need to be before it's ready for the accelerator? Or is this something that even is just a very basic idea and, and you and your team can do something with it? Yeah, it, it's really about um, some of the basic fundamental research is done. We're not expecting you to come to us with a prototype. We're expecting you to have done some of the basic research, um, but we're not going to fund the basic research. We're going to be a consumer. And then we put you through an accelerator process, which includes a curriculum centered on uh, user discovery and customer discovery, human-centered design, uh, team science, communications, um, and, and we put you through that accelerator in, um, in a nine-month period. And um, by the time you come out of that nine-month period, we're expecting you to have some early-stage prototypes. And then, so that's what we call phase one. And then the teams compete for phase two. And then we down-select in phase two. And during phase two, we work with the teams build partnerships, and um, the, end the end goal, the end product, whether it's a product or a service or an uh, in intellectual property, a licensable, you know. So, no, we're not expecting you to come with very much. It's really more about the idea and, you know, is it national scale? Can it have national impact? Um, that's what we're looking for. What's your timeline like? So we do roughly a nine-month ideation process where we do some workshops and idea generation. Um, then we put out a solicitation. 
go through a process over about six months to do an, do awards. Phase one is up to 750000 in nine months. And phase two is $5 million in 24 months. So it, once the team has an award, it's a three years or less. It's great to talk about this with you, Doug. There's a lot of uh, great things coming out of NSF in general and uh, this in particular. And really appreciate your, ch- your uh, time to come on and talk to us today. Thank you. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.